Welcome back, Crush A Lot Podcast. I'm your boy Cheese. I'm excited because anytime I get to talk about hip hop, especially New York City hip hop, I start percolating. I get excited, um, especially when it's in my neighboring borough. I'm I'm supposed to not like Queens because I'm in Brooklyn, but truth be told, if we're really honest, Queens kind of has the hip hop crown since the beginning. No, no, no disrespect to Karras in the Bronx, and and I love my Brooklyn, but if we're talking about Nas, Mob Deep, Tribe Called Quest, and now the new era of Queens hip hop with Fast Lane, with Fast Life, mm-hmm. now my guess. From Queens, Truth is up, right in the conversation. Truth, you're here. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, I was blown away by your latest release, The Fight for Survival, out now. Physicals are available as well. And sure. it was, it seemed to me, without knowing the process, without knowing the details, just listening to it like, 12 times since I got it a few days ago. Like a love letter to boom bap 90s hip hop. I just walked away like, where, like, was this released this year? This would have been something that would have easily sold in the 90s era. So how was this album constructed and where was the beginning of this process? It's not your first project, but this project is like overwhelmingly good thank you thank you appreciate that um i mean for me you know again i wanted to keep that 90s feel and my my idea this album i wanted it to be like more like real hard hard you know what i'm saying like just and that was my intention of making i said you know i had a lot of a lot of anger like you know a lot of shit to prove so i'm like you know what i'm gonna come hard on this album and uh and again i always like to be consistent with the way that um you know, I put my music out, you know what I'm saying? So everything sounds like fluent, you know, like from beginning to end. I make sure it sounds consistent, especially just like the last album. But this album is a little more enhanced, um, I feel. And just, again, a little more harder where the first album I talked a little bit about life and different things. On um, This one, I wanted to make sure that I come again just real hard, you know what I'm saying? Real like some street boom bap, New York City, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I walked away. I was like, I was ready to fight. I was like, I like any good '90s era music. MOP, Onyx, they make you, they get you to the point where it's like, who, who wants it? Who mm. want, now, I'm mind you, I'll, I'll get knocked out. I'm not a fighter. I might hurt you with my words, though. Like two weeks later, like you might be sobbing from my one-liner. Um, maybe that's why I do a podcast because I'm good with my words. But this album made me like, yo, let's go. Who, who wants it? Um, how much of that is just you, your style? Versus just the sound that's now resurging in the in the hip. The underground scene is resurging in that mm-hmm. sound. Um, how much of that is just you and your influences? That's just me and my influences, you know. Just I mean, I really care too much about what other people put out. I don't, I don't like make music that way. I just I make what I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the music I like and what I, my influence is in my music. You know what I'm saying? But I have my own twist of, in my own way. Like, I don't, I feel like I don't really sound like nobody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that could be a good thing and a bad thing. But I guess for me, I just, you know, I mean, from the era where I was from in the 90s and listening to that music and what I grew up off, like, being original was, like, the thing to stick out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had so many different artists. 
you know, that was so different from each other, but every you liked them. You, you liked all of these artists. You can have like a Das Effects and a De La Soul, and it's so different, but um, you, you like them all the same, you know what I'm saying? And you appreciate what they brought to the table. And I try to make sure I incorporate all of their styles in a sense, but I have my own style, you know what I'm saying, of doing things, you know? Yeah, I think it's interesting you say that because this is more, the style we're in now, at least in mainstream, is very, whatever the trend says is how your sound is. And that's why most cats mm-hmm. come and go. Versus mm-hmm. back in the days, it's like if you didn't come original, you weren't gonna get love. It's like yeah. like you were frowned upon by all the gatekeepers of hip hop. Like maybe yeah, that's why like Bone Thugs was also sticks out in my head because they came like mm-hmm. out of nowhere with a style that you can't even duplicate. Um, yeah. And a, even production style with DJ mm-hmm. Unique was un, was out there. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I had to go back a few times to make sure this wasn't like a random thought or me making it up in my head mm-hmm. was that. Every practically every song starts, ends, and has scratches, and 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 every almost every single song. Usually you get one song or two songs, but this is like every single song from yeah. almost every iconic '90s MC out mm. there that had to be delivered. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, this the last album, I had a few hooks that I rhymed on. I think I might, in the third album, again, I was going more heavy scratch bass, you know, like heavy uh, scratch influence. But um, this one, I was like, yo, let me really take it back to where most, a lot of those, that 90s, had a lot of, were really scratch, you know, influenced by DJs. And a lot of the uh, MCs that came up, they all came up with DJs, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I think that's important. A lot of people don't, I feel, don't make that music as much there's very few artists that do that now. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I love to hear. This I love to hear the DJ get busy because they're the backbone of the whole culture and they don't get the credit. But a lot of the DJs are the ones who brought out the MCs. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I love the scratching and, and uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, in my music. And I always pick out what scratches I have. So I don't let the DJ dictate, you know, uh, in that sense. I pick it out. I find that I give it to the DJ and I let them do their style of things with it. So I pick out all the acapellas or scratches or whatever for both albums. I, I do that. You know what I'm saying? Well, so 99% of everything is Kudos wrong. to you because I thought, I thought the scratches and the, the, the lines that were picked for this... Not only fit the song, but we're like, if you're a hip hop head and you know these lines, mm-hmm. then then you would understand why this album is good, but also mm-hmm. important. Because I do find this mm-hmm. album to be important in terms of in the middle of Thanks. this resurgence of hip hop, mm-hmm. there is still people who understand where it's come from. So it still sounds modern. It's still you're taking it, but it's still there's mm-hmm. still salute and appreciation for the past. There is yep, a disconnect with the current hip hop market, right? And mm-hmm. it's one thing I walked away from the albums like you're smart and you're studied, right? So mm-hmm. my question to you is in the nineties era when Wu Tang, Tribe, Mob Deep, when they were out, mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily selling right away. It was on the, the strength mm-hmm. of their work and eventually they hit platinum and things like that. But within a year, mm-hmm. not maybe not off the gate. But within a year, they were platinum or gold. Mm-hmm. So the, obviously, there was an audience there. Most of those audience is my age right now. Mm-hmm. But it seems like my audience, my generation of listeners who bought those records, mm-hmm. aren't buying records now. Mm-hmm. It seems like the audience has shifted to a younger audience, 
And then I get confused because I know I'm a hip hop head who wants to buy, but yet we're not supporting. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Is that something that is re- real, or am I just crazy drinking too much juju juice, too much wugu in my diet? <laughs> I think it. I mean, it, it, it depends. You know, what I'm saying that there are people that do want it, and there's a lot of people that are, are core fans that w- that want physicals, they want CDs, they want vinyl, and that's why I have my album out and have it on vinyl, I have it on CD. Because I used to come for myself. I used to love like buying something and then sitting, listening to it, opening the credits and seeing like, yo, what producer, yo, who do scratches on this? Like, you know, what I'm saying like those little things were important to me, and I think now and uh, the way people make music now, they rather just send you a verse and be like, oh, that's cool. They don't want to meet the producer who's a might be a legendary producer and don't want to be in the studio. And I had this conversation with somebody else before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, there's a disconnect in the way people make music, and I think it shows in the way that um, it's created. And I feel like most of the stuff that I do and everything I do, I really, um, is like, I got to be involved with it. I got I want to hear the beat. Yo, where you get that sample from? Yo, how you did that? Yo, what's this? You know, like, I, I, I like being a part of the little things. Um, and that's important to me. I don't, I don't think a lot of artists now do that. You know, I can't speak for all of them, but it just shows in the music sometimes that it's not made that way. But um, back to your question, I know about, like, uh, it's hard with the older people, you know, because they're always looking for something. So they're always looking for those older artists that they're used to and were, creat- were um, uh, creatures of, uh, you know, habit. So we'll always go back to, um, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'll always go, I'm always look- looking for Raekwon. I'm always, always looking yeah. for Prodigy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then a lot of people... It's harder to get into a newer artist, I guess, that's that has that sound in in a sense. But I think, um, you know, I could I could possibly, you know, gravitate to some of that audience. I feel like um, if they hear my first album, they hear the second album, and they're listening, it's kind of consistently the same in a sense. Whereas like the beats are same. There's no like crazy beat in there. They're like, where did this beat come from? Like the sounds is all you know, hard bass lines. You know what I'm saying? You know, real boom bap shit. You know what I'm saying? And I try to make sure that everything flowed together. And I feel like the first album, and the second album, are kind of the same in that sense, but have their own twist to it. You know what I'm saying? have their own originality to it yeah and you have like uh historically speaking a production team that's ridiculous and the production on this mm-hmm. album is ridiculous of course you got psycho Lads from the beat nuts pf Curran, black mm-hmm. black crew the, the beat miners who are one of my favorite production team um shout out to mm-hmm. evil uh, dj evil d who's gonna be on the show soon Man, you have, I mean, a large professor. And it doesn't even stop there because the features on there is also people who've been through it and earned a lot of, in their own circles, earned a lot of respect. Ill Bill, new album just out. Yeah. So check that out. Yes. Uh, that Stu Bangers and Ill Bill's albums are, is crazy. Tra- tragedy, of course. Royal Flush. These are all iconic mm-hmm. hip-hop was that a part of the strategy uh, in terms of putting this together, people you wanted to work with? And how did those mm-hmm. come to be? Was it in the studio? Was it like, yo, yo let me call someone up to make that happen? Yeah. Um, for the most part, all, everything I, I've done is really with the artists. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but most of them, everybody just showed me love. You know what I'm saying? And I guess, you know, you know, they, they know the music that I'm making, they hear the stuff and they're like, cool, I'm with it. Like, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And some of them I just, I'm cool with, you know what I'm saying? I came real cool with Roy Flush, OC while I was doing my first album, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, PF really introduced me to a lot of people, you know, the Sean Prices. And then once you go from there, people are like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I'll do something with you, no doubt. I, you know what I'm saying? And they see that the sound that I have. So I, I mean, most of that process was pretty easy. And then plus, I, 
for me, I'm like, I grew up off these artists, so I'm like, I would love to do music with them, you know what I'm saying? So that's part of it, that, which makes it fun on my part too, you know what I'm saying? But it definitely was a part of the process. Like, I didn't really want to go into like newer artists or people be like trying to throw artists on me. And I'm like, nah, I want to do the music that I feel like this person would sound good on this song. You know what I'm saying? I don't try to go because I want to be with, you know, get somebody on my record because it might help me sell or I want to make the music that I feel or who I think sounds good on the record with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of me and my partner Kalina and Sir Love Day. We even when we talk about the podcast, we mm-hmm. kind of have these unwritten rules that we all agreed upon that we only put put out people that we we enjoy. We're not mm-hmm. going to put out people who could bring us numbers, right? Because mm-hmm. then it's like, then you start contaminating the waters. When would it stop? Like, really? Mm-hmm. And when would you be happy with one number? So we kind of, from the other approach, is like, we don't look at numbers at all. Mm-hmm. We don't look at That's it at dope. all. And all we do is like, yo, who, who are you listening to? Who's hot? And can mm-hmm. we get them on the show? Like, those are the criteria, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So... If you don't hear a lot of critique on this show, it's because we don't put on people we don't like. Cause <laughs> it's just that simple. That doesn't mean the people we don't aren't coming down the pipe. It's just we're yeah. limited. We, we've gotten to a point where I have to say no, um, or at least not mm-hmm. now. But that's kind of our approach. We're similar to yours. It's like who, who's who's out there. Uh, and I'll back, turn down yeah, stuff too. So. You have, you have, <laughs> we, it's, yeah, I, you know, we, I don't care. I'm gonna make the music I want to make, and that's it. I'm okay with that, you know. I make the yeah, and I make the show, and I get out, uh, I get crazy sometimes, and yeah. And if you want to <laughs> hear me go on rants, go to the other podcast, Ten Minute Reviews, where I'll be ranting no. on these albums and and why they're so bad sometimes. And yes, I do get hate mail. Keep bringing it on. It ain't gonna change my opinion. If it sucks, it sucks. Right. I'm gonna put it out there, um, and we are gonna do a Ten Minute Review. The link up below. Right now, for the 10-minute review for this album, you probably have an idea of how I feel about it, but maybe my partners don't feel that way. We'll see. Um, go hit the link below. Saying that, let's let's talk about the 90s hip-hop. What were some of the ones, like, when, when you were a small truth, when the mm-hmm. truth was a small little truth in the world, mm-hmm. um, what was, like, from what you can remember, how did hip-hop infuse you? What was the first song mm-hmm. that you remember? Like, yo, what is this? Yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, it wasn't like n- not just one song, you know what I'm saying? But like uh, being around just the culture of hip hop, we're seeing like people break dancing and, you know, the graffiti was all around me. And then uh, and then I started listening to more into the music and I always like progressive music, you know, like the Wu-Tangs, the Tribe, things that have messages in it. Um, people that are subliminal with the way that they rhyme and stuff like that. So that I always gravitated towards that. Um, so I, I, it wasn't nothing really just specific. One thing, it just accumulation of everything, you know, and just just being absorbed by the culture of hip hop. And I just I just loved it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just couldn't stop doing it. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's for me, it was like one of the most important things just about making music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we actually had to use our money. If you were in New York City, then you probably knew like most teens in the summer work through SYP. Some of youth employment, and we and I was one of those cats. That's a New York thing for those people who don't know. Deal with it. Go look it up. Applications are out now, by the way. If you're looking for a summer job, Um, I know because that's what I do in my day job. Um, And we took the little money when minimum wage was like five twenty-five. 
and we went to the local like in my case I lived in Brooklyn so a few blocks away was a place called the music center and I was spend hours in there trying to figure out how I'm going to spend my hundred dollars and, mm-hmm. and I would listen for hours so when I bought something mm-hmm. it meant something to me and opening, yeah, yeah. opening the tape then CDs reading the credits like yeah, oh really you're going to put bonus songs on the CD so now I got to buy the mm-hmm. CD and not the tape okay I see how the business mm-hmm. goes okay okay I got to see yeah, you and that's what I did with the to put a bonus on the CD oh. that I didn't put on the wax now I'm going to have to buy both you see <laughs> but, but I'm okay with those things saying that um, what is there a time in your listening of hip hop where you were like, I had enough of this? I, I moved on um, because I, I would imagine we're close to the same age, close to it. Yeah. And there was a time in the 2000s when I was done. I was I was done. I was I was jaded, and I just moved away and started listening to other eclectic sounds. Was there a time when you're like, I'm 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 over this? In terms of listening to music, I never stopped listening. I just couldn't. Like, it just, I couldn't stop listening. You know, I'm a fan too, but I just never stopped listening to music. I just, but um, in terms of making music, once I started getting serious, like before that, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm making music all my life. I need to be, you know, step my game up. I'm like, I did this for nothing. And I was like, yo, I need to put something out. And I started working with PF and I just started moving with it. And then um, there was a little time between the first album, because I, you know, I had a problem with the label and stuff like that, and you know, they, they, oh, I'm gonna put it out now, I'm gonna put it out now, and it was taking forever, and I was just having so many issues with them, and I was like getting a little jaded, and it was just a little frustrated, and because I, I didn't have control over it, you know what I'm saying? And um, during that time, a little bit, and then once I, I put out the album, and then uh, time went on, and I was like, I just made like a lot of it quick, you know, like I just went and I was like, boom, I was just so focused. And P was like, you know, I was working with PF. He's like, damn, like, I said, yo, you told me to start working. So I started working and I just started knocking stuff out. And then um, I just haven't stopped since. And then I'm hopefully have an album out by next year, the beginning of next year. I'm hoping for it too. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's up. If you're new yeah. to the truth, it's okay. It's still okay to buy the albums <laughs> right now. You don't have to be on Lord. top of it. Uh, someone else <laughs> put me on to truth. A shout out to my boy Jerry. Shout out to my boy Ill Will. Uh, and I was like, they knew the type of music I like, and I was, I was happily surprised. And and I want you guys to be surprised too. Go listen to the album. You could uh, definitely find it on streaming services. But honestly, you should go and buy the albums. You can stream it later. I know streaming is cheaper. I get it. I get it. But we want the artists to win and get as much of the cut as possible. So go buy it. And if you're a collector, go to Tough Kong right now. Hey, and go buy an album down. and you know Bad what I'm gonna lead by example I'm gonna let me add to <laughs> cart add to cart I'm adding to the cart now I gotta convert the euro 23 euro let's put it on my paper yeah, that's the, it again from Italy they they from Italy you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to wait a, the shipping gets it'll get there trust me I have no issue with those yeah. and <laughs> mine's is purchased so I just didn't mind Thank you, thank um, and you. you should go do Appreciate yours too. Go support Truth, support the Crush a Lot podcast. Hit us up, uh, Crush a Lot podcast at gmail.com if you want to be on the show. Crush a Lot Cheese on Twitter. Let us know how we're doing, if we're great, if we suck, or whatever it is, or you like some other podcasts. I don't see why would you would, honestly, because <laughs> our back catalog speaks for itself. 
Um, so go check out all our episodes with Willie the Kid, Crime Apple, um, Master Ace, Marco Polo. Yo. We got it there. Um, and uh, let us know how we're doing. All that good stuff. Crush a lot podcast. Truth. Go check it out. The Fight for Survival is out now. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.